0: Welcome to The Pulse Podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Pursuing a career in physical therapy is a significant investment of time, emotion, and also money. When it comes to managing the financial costs of launching a physical therapy career, students and new grads often have similar questions. Questions about credit ratings, debt burden, and loan repayment. To help answer those questions, APTA offers the Financial Solutions Center, which includes a financial education program powered by Enrich!, and a student loan refinancing program provided by Laurel Road. Joining us for this podcast to help answer some of those common financial questions are Kevin Soner from Enrich, and Alex Maselek from Laurel Road. Here's our conversation with Kevin and Alex. Kevin and Alex, let's dive in. What is something you wish people knew more about when it comes to finances, especially when you're thinking about student loans?
1: Well, I can go first on that one. Uh, This is Kevin. When it comes to student loans, um, probably the biggest thing that I wish people uh, knew um, was that not all loans are created equal. Um, A lot of the students that I interact with um, come in with the assumption, um, because of the fact that they have, they fill out the FAFSA and they have um, some level of federal aid, um, they get lulled into this um, perception um, that all of their loans are just kind of standardized um, and that they don't really need to pay attention to details. Um, and a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with graduate students or um, students at higher cost institutions, your federal loans don't cover your costs and you end up taking out additional um, private loans. And with private loans, it's just like a car loan or a mortgage or anything else. Um, it can vary greatly um, from one institution to another um, and it can vary greatly from one um, borrower to another based on their credit worthiness and whether they have a co and or another detail. Um, And we run into a lot of students that are um, somewhat putting on the blinders uh, with the mindset of, I need to get funds for school, and if you're willing to give them to me, I'm willing to take it, and they're not paying enough attention to the details of the loan. And I really wish people would um, be more prepared on the front end, um, because that would um, get them better set for the repayment period at the end. I would echo that Alex. Um,
2: I I think, you know, people tend to think – You know, you're sort of stuck with the student loans you have, and um, there's X amount of repayment options uh, that may be available. The reality is, there's um, a litany of repayment uh, programs available to you, especially with the federal loans. You know, be it those income-driven repayment options, uh, public service loan forgiveness. You know the Uh, The other side of things, which is what we do at Laurel Road with loan refinancing, lowering your interest rates, so there's certainly a number of avenues to take in paying down your debt, Um, and I I think other people should also recognize there's no one-size-fits-all approach to repayment, right? Someone in your graduating class may have the exact same amount of debt you do, but for a number of other reasons, family, financial goals, where you're going to work, um, you know, your colleagues' optimal repayment strategy might vary greatly um, from what yours might be.
0: That was really great information. So let's add to that. What do you wish people knew more about in general about finances, not just student loans?
1: My primary thing is that it's never too early to get started with having a financial plan and managing your money. Um, A lot of people think that if they don't have a bunch of money to invest or they don't have um, extra income ready to start saving towards a home that they shouldn't start learning about that and planning for that. Um, So getting started on your strategy and your plan and understanding where you are today and where you wanna be, it's never too early to start and it's never too small of an amount to get started with. Putting in a dollar a month um, to kickstart your process uh, uh, towards your future, um, but having your kind of your strategy laid out is a great option. If you just wait until you're quote-unquote ready, a lot of times uh, you'll never get ready um, to get started.
2: And, and I would say coming from a, a lending business, um, we certainly feel that a lot of people coming out of school might not be as familiar with Uh, Their credit score and the FICO credit scoring system, Um, that's something I'd recommend, uh, number one, people do their research and and learn a little bit more about and and how you can improve your credit score and how that can improve your financial future. But also, even while you're in school and and probably not paying on a whole lot of things, you're you're taking out loans and maybe you're paying on a credit card, but, but not much else, uh, continue to monitor your credit score. You know there's there's free credit reporting uh, services out there, and I'd recommend even while in school, and certainly as you approach graduation, keep a close eye on your credit profile. Um, it, it does have a very material impact on loans you may be eligible for once you've you've graduated. Be that uh, student loan refinance, the mortgage. Uh, an auto loan, um, you know, maintaining a, a strong credit profile is, is crucial to all this.
0: That's some really useful information right there. Thank you guys so much. Okay, let's move on. Assuming most of our listeners have student loans, how do you think they should manage them as students and, of course, as new grads? I'm thinking things like should they start paying them back immediately or wait until post-graduation or wait uh, an extended period post-graduation? What are your thoughts?
2: It's very difficult while you're in school uh, to pay down your loans, right? You're taking the loans out for a reason because you don't have the funds to pay for school itself. So it would be very difficult to to be paying on those loans simultaneously. Um, I think during school, the most you can really do is is try and take out the most advantageous loans uh, where possible. In in a lot of cases, uh, that's the federal loan options. And and some, for some folks, it it might be looking into the private loans, uh, which may have a bit lower interest rates. Um, So while you're in school, other than minimizing the loans you're taking out, there's not a whole lot that you can do to to set yourself up repayment-wise, uh, while, while you're still taking out the debt. Shortly thereafter, I mean, once you're graduating and uh, beginning to work, uh, it's really worth a, a deep dive into all available repayment options for your particular situation. Um, you know, so evaluating what federal options exist, evaluating what private options exist, it's right as you start to approach graduation. Um, that you should you should be evaluating uh, all of those things.
1: Yeah, and um, in terms of the repayment while in school, um, I think it comes down to the same concept that is gonna apply um, outside of student loans and just in any kind of debt management. Um, there's a couple of different strategies and I like to con- talk, consider them, there's the mathematical approach and then there's the kind of the the, the realistic and like the psychological and the motivational approach. Uh, The mathematical approach is strictly looking at the numbers, Um, and does it make sense to make payments on your student loans while in school, Uh, and the answer is anything that's not a subsidized loan. So any private loans and any unsubsidized federal loans, you will come out ahead mathematically if you are able to make some payments at least on the accruing interest um, while in school. Um, if it's a subsidized loan, you're not really gaining any financial advantage. You're going to owe the same amount when you finish um, school as when you started on that loan. Um, So if you have additional funds and you're taking a mathematical approach, um, then yes, it would make sense to make some of those payments. It's going to save you some money in the long run. But to echo um, Alex's point, um, you're taking loans for a reason. You're like the average college student doesn't have a bunch of extra money lying around in the first place. So when you look at it from the other angle, the psychological approach and the motivational approach, um, you're probably gonna be better off in your holistic um, financial situation by not putting yourself into uh, a tighter financial bind just to try and make a little bit of extra payments on those loans when you're in school. Um, your your holistic uh, best option um, is most often going to be don't make any payments on those student loans um, until you have those additional funds because your income is up and you're, you're working after school because the additional stress um, that you might incur could be a negative of your in your overall picture. Um, after school, um, that's where a lot of your just your standard debt management kind of strategies come into play. Um, and as Alec, Alex mentioned, knowing what's coming, knowing the details and analyzing your situation, taking all things into account, including all of your loans, all of the details, what are all of the options that are out there, interest rates that are available at graduation could be completely different than interest rates uh, that were available when you um, took out your loans. So there's a lot of different variables. So ask questions, learn, learn about your options, and, and understand where you're at uh, would be the biggest advice. And now for a quick break. From discounts to exclusive content. APTA offers more membership benefits than ever before. But you can't take advantage of all these benefits if you don't know what's available. So visit apta.org
0: benefits and start maximizing your membership today. Now let's return to the show. So let's be honest. Considering PT and PTA students are adults looking to buy a home, car, start a family, or save for their future, how do you advise them to do it all when they have such a large student loan debt?
2: it's all about finding a balance and, and uh, the balance, what is the balance for each individual is, is dictated in large part by personal goals. Um I, I think, you know, some people are very keen to buy a home shortly after graduation and beginning work. And, and that's great. And, and, you know, that's often a very prudent financial decision, Um, you know, so to do that, there's nothing wrong with stretching out your, student loan payment to maybe 15 or 20 years instead of trying to pay it back in less than 10, um, and that'll give you a little bit more cash flow to, uh, you know, put the down payment on that home and and start making mortgage payments. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, there's plenty of people who are very debt-averse um, and want to retire their student loan burden as, as quickly as, as they can um, and might be willing to sacrifice things like buying a home earlier or... Uh, buying a new car, um, they're willing to put those things on hold so that they can expunge the student loan debt and and you know kind of start their career at an earlier point debt free. Um, there's no, again, one size fits all approach. it's It's very much dependent on financial goals and and in a lot of cases, family. you know that that person who uh, is very keen to buy the home they might be married and, and have a couple of young children and, and you know that's a priority for them. Um same could go for retirement planning. Um, you know, they they might be very aware of the need to plan for retirement given their their early family. Um and so they're fine putting the student loans more so on hold and, and stretching out the repayment term um you know versus that, that other person who might be single and just want to get debt free as soon as possible. So um, there's no right or wrong answer, but uh fortunately student loans there there is more flexibility than people recognize in terms of how you repay them so um you you don't need to be uh the student loans shouldn't dictate um your financial goals and and you know what you look to do with your life um you can uh pay them back quickly you can stretch them out um it it should be you know a piece of your overall financial pie not not the entire thing
1: yeah i love the one of the last things that you said there alex in terms of um your student loans um shouldn't dictate your financial plan your 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 goals and your overall financial plan should dictate how you repay your student loans um is a great way to look at it um Everybody's situation is different, and like I said, everybody's got different goals. And even just within their student loans, everybody's gonna have different options that are available to them, different balances that they have. Um, And looking at your overall financial situation, both where do you stand today, and what are those goals, what are those objectives? um, We know dealing uh, with a lot of the students that um, are involved with the APTA, um, that you have some that will go into private practice with a potential um, higher earning potential right out of school where you'll have others um, that are going to go down a path uh, that might be more in a, in a non-profit uh, area, longer residencies and different things that are going to cause them to be in lower incomes. Um, so there's a lot of different variables that come into play uh, with the money that you have available and your your goals. Are you starting a family? Are you on your own? And really understanding what your big picture is in the fact that everything impacts everything else. Um, that goal of chasing the American dream of having the, 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 the house with the picket fence and whatnot. Um, that could put you in a situation where you lock yourself in on this financial goal of owning a home, then you get a great job opportunity in another state. Um, and now are you in a situation where um, you're, you're, you're kind of locked into this mortgage on this, on this home and you miss that, that employment opportunity because you chased um, that, um, that home purchase um, or do you end up taking a financial hit on that home purchase and selling it at a loss in order to chase the job? So if you don't look at your holistic um, picture of all of your financial and uh, goals and objectives, which includes your income, not just the things that you're spending your money on, um, you can be put into a situation uh, where you might experience some negatives. So taking a, a moment to sit back looking at the big picture what do you really want to accomplish in life and then figuring out how to move around the, the chess pieces so to speak um, to make everything happen in the most um, financially advantageous way and again one of the biggest pieces of advice with all of this is nobody comes out of school even with a finance degree and knows all the answers to all of these questions ask experts Talk to the different people that are in the different positions with different companies and different resources um, that are available to you. There's lots of information out there. um, And just do your due diligence before uh, you make uh, any significant moves financially.
0: Okay, let's talk about current students. What should students be doing while they're in school to prepare for life after school? By that, I mean their financial situation and considering they likely can't be employed while in school.
1: Well, I think one of the biggest uh, strategies that is uh, recommended while you're in that low-income or no-income position um, is creating the foundation of good financial habits. And the, in my opinion, the kind of baseline foundation of all financial decision-making is a budget. Um, and when you have the, the, least amount, the lower amount of funds you have, it, the more important budgeting is. And a lot of people will forget about the fact that um, when you have student loans or or other funds that are coming in to um, to facilitate your schooling, you do still have to make sure that that money lasts specific periods of time and ration it out over for uh, the different months that you have those funds available between one disbursement to the next disbursement and so on. Um, And creating that pattern of good behavior, of understanding where you're where your funds are coming from, where they're going to, and what you might have available to you um, in order to fund your your meals and your entertainment and all the other expenses that are gonna come across. Um, That can be really, really beneficial for a couple of reasons. Number one is you're learning really good habits that are gonna benefit you later in life. Um, And you can also get a much better line of sight to the potential debt that you're incurring. Um, in addition to student loan debt, in this country, credit card debt is a huge issue. Um, and I remember, thankfully they've changed some of the rules, but I remember when I was in school, um, they used to be able to be on a college campus and offer you a credit card. Uh, if you signed up for a credit card, you got a free T-shirt and stuff like that. And um, a lot of students would get credit cards, and they didn't really understand the finances of the of that situation. Um, and... It was like, oh, I hand someone this piece of plastic and I get stuff for free is like the way that it felt. Um, And then you you end up having all all of this additional debt. Uh, Thankfully, a lot of the students um, prior to grad school aren't gonna be having credit cards unless they're kind of tied in with their parents and hopefully their parents are giving them good advice and monitoring the usage. Um, But a lot of the students that are gonna be listening to this conversation um, would be at that age where they can get their own credit cards to supplement Um, their financial needs while in school. And that would be a big thing is avoid overspending on those credit cards. And by budgeting and understanding where your money is coming from um, and the expenses that you have, um, that having that additional visibility is going to help you uh, avoid overspending.
2: Yeah, I think you bring up a great point with with the credit cards and and how there's uh, certainly pitfalls uh, potential with taking them out. But Um, also some, you know, potential benefits as well. I know um, a couple younger colleagues um, had graduated from college recently, and, you know, they never had a credit card. They had a debit card, um, you know, sort of lived within their means, had a summer job, um, you know, took out some student loans and and lived um, just based on what was in their bank account, didn't overextend at all um which is the right frame of mind i mean certainly living within your means should be one of the the cornerstones of a financially savvy life while you're in school um, but i think doing so while putting things on a credit card can be much to your benefit as well and and this goes back to understanding your credit profile and and how you know the credit bureaus determine your credit score um, if you can open a credit card even if it's a very low Um, low-balance, low-credit-line credit credit card. Um, Doing so and paying that off in full at the end of every month can be much to your benefit. Um, So that's one of the things they look at is, you know, what types of credit lines do you have open? Do you pay those on time? Um, You know, what portion of your credit line are you utilizing? If you aren't paying on anything, you know, you're in school, you're not paying on any of your student loans, you don't have a mortgage, maybe you don't have a car loan, you're not really paying on any anything that would show up on your credit report. Um, you know, while you're not hurting yourself, you're not doing yourself any favors either. So if you can take out that card, you know, continue to live within your means just as you were before, and put things on the credit card rather than your debit card and then just pay it off at the end of every month, Um, that will lead to a stronger credit profile as you exit school.
0: Not going to lie, I think the perfect example is Amazon Prime. It's just a few clicks and you've ordered something. Or for me, a trip to Target can be yikes sometimes. But like you said, being financially responsible while you can and establishing good habits uh, early on when it comes to finances are the way to go. Okay, next thing. What's something that listeners can do immediately after they listen to this podcast to improve or manage their finances? So that thing that they can do as soon as they end this podcast.
1: Um, my opinion would be one of two things, um, and that would be based off of where they where they stand right now. Um, some of your students are going to be more advanced in their um, financial uh, management uh, than others, and. It really comes down to if you haven't even gotten to the point of establishing a budget and paying attention to what money you have coming in and coming out, I always recommend people start there. Um, And one of the things um, that is most beneficial for people that are starting a budget um, is to start actually one step back which is with like a daily diary. Um, Spend a month where you write down everything that you spend. Uh, A lot of people will look at their their debit card statement to try and track their spending and that allows them to miss the little things that they're spending $2 here, $3 there in cash. Um, and by having a daily diary, you're really gonna document everything and it makes you see and have that visibility of, oh wow, this is adding up. I'm spending a lot of money on things I don't necessarily need. Um, so that's one one initial strategy. For those that are already doing something along those lines and in, in budgeting and they know where their money's coming from, where their money's going, the next step is to look to the future. Um, and we've talked today about understanding all of your uh, your holistic situation. Where are you at now and where do you wanna go? And the where do you wanna go comes from a financial plan. Um, and again, this is not about um, executing all of those steps. It's about having that personal insight to look and say, I really want to have my first home purchased by the time I'm 30. I want to retire at this age um i i love to travel and i want to make sure that i have a, a plan to have a, a savings on the side um to account for my travel because that's something that's really important to me i want to start a family and the i let's look at what the expenses associated with that are so i can prepare for that so get started with a budget and when you're when you've got the foundation look at your big picture
2: yeah i think that's great High-level advice. Uh, again,
1: me coming from a, a lending background, I,
2: I keep looking at it through that lens. Um, you know, I think checking your credit score is something, as as you end this podcast, is worthwhile to go do. It's going to have such a big impact on a lot of those milestones that Kevin was talking about, like buying the home, uh, you know, like maybe buying a car what your credit score is will dictate your ability to do those things. So uh, use one of the free websites out there. It's like freecreditscore.com. You can find out very quickly what your credit score is. Um, and then they also provide some advice on how to improve it um, if that needs to take place. So I, I think that's a, a very easy, um, necessary first step that you can do today uh, to get on the right track.
0: Alex, can you tell us, does refinancing your student loans affect your credit score?
2: It doesn't. Um, so we we do, in order to close the loan, we have to do a hard credit inquiry, a uh, hard credit pull. That's the case with any loan out there. You want to take a car loan, an auto loan, a credit card, all of them result in a, a hard credit inquiry. If you had too many of those on your credit report in a short period of time, it It could negatively impact your score marginally. Uh, This is one of the the smaller factors in in how it's calculated. That's the only way, though, um, that it could have any impact. The the actual act of refinancing your loan um, does not have any impact on your credit score.
1: And now for a quick break. Building a community that advances the profession of physical therapy to improve the health of society. APTA's mission statement reflects why we exist. You. Your efforts impact the lives of patients, students, and colleagues on a daily basis. Your engagement in the conversation and the work of this association is how we move this profession forward. Build your community by volunteering. View volunteer opportunities and sign up at engage.apta.org. Now let's return to the show.
0: Okay, let's say it's time to start paying off your student loans is it better to invest and pay the minimum on your loans or pay off your loans as quickly as possible and be essentially debt-free?
1: When you're talking about debt management strategies, you'll often hear um, the terms of snowball and um, the avalanche. And that has to do with um, the mindsets of of, of gaining momentum. uh, Like, so, so the snowball effect is you pay off you pay off a small balance and you get this momentum of this feeling of I'm paying off debt and then you take the money you were paying towards that small balance and you apply that to the next one and you kind of gain this momentum and you go down. The avalanche is kind of like a top-down approach. And those are just different strategy, different ways of describing am I going to take a mathematical approach to a situation or am I going to take something that's going to really tie into my human nature of most people will not follow the strictly like mathematical or like quote unquote like correct best plan. They need the warm fuzzy feeling, they need the motivation, they need some kind of um, external factor that's gonna keep them on that path. And the same thing applies here when you're talking about the the investing um, versus the, the paying down your loans. One strategy is to look at it mathematically and if you're a really analytical person and that's what keeps you focused, then you need to look at what the potential rates of return on the various different types of investments that you're gonna be putting your money in um, versus the money that you'd be paying down um, on your debt. And one great example there is if you're employed and your employer's offering a retirement plan, many, if not all employers these days, offer some level of matching. And when you look at that percentage-wise, you're basically getting 50 to 100% return on your money you're putting into your investment from that employer match. That blows out of the water the amount that you're paying, the interest that you're accruing on a loan. So that would be an example of definitely take advantage of that amount your employer is going to match because the math tells you you're winning out in that situation. Um, After that, putting additional money into the stock market or putting additional money into CDs and other various different saving methods, that's where your percentages are gonna come in a lot closer to what you're paying on your debt and you want, you're, you're gonna to wanna to weigh the mathematical value of paying money towards the debt and paying that down first. That's the mathematical approach. The emotional side is different. People are going to be motivated by different things, and some people need to know that they're getting closer to retirement, and they they're going to be very um, they're going to be very kind of depressed financially um, by looking at their 401k and looking at their retirement accounts if they're small, um, and they need to see the savings, they need to see these numbers growing, and that's what's going to motivate them. And on the flip side, there's people that have that exact same mindset with their debt. If that debt is not going down, that's gonna be the demotivator for them. So just understanding what your personal motivations are and what really is going to drive you. The plan that you stick to is the right plan. It's kind of like a diet when people are looking at losing, losing weight. Um, whatever one that you actually follow through with is the correct one, because that's the one that works for you.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really great comprehensive answer. I don't have a, a ton to add, but I, I think mathematically you're you're looking at – you're looking for um, the best risk-adjusted rate of return on your next dollar spent. So if you're um, at the end of the month and you're saying, every month I'm finding myself with, you know, a few hundred dollars left over, should this be put towards my student loans to, to pay those back quickly, aggressively – or am I better off, you know, diverting that into a investment account or retirement account, um, looking for the, the highest risk-adjusted rate of return? So uh, if you – let's say you have a student loan at 6%, that is a guaranteed 6% return on that dollar. Um, you are not going to get a guaranteed 6% return in the stock market. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of variability and, and unknown with investment. Um, so while you know on average the stock market may return um you know on average, I think it's about ten percent um, but there's certainly some months and some years one which we just went through this past december was was a uh, a, poor mo- a poor month for the market um you, you run the risk of losing uh losing your money as well so uh on a risk adjusted basis um I guess the short answer is you're looking to put uh, your next dollar where the greatest rate of return um, is.
0: APTA has its Financial Solutions Center available for members. Tell us a little bit about what your organizations offer there.
2: Yeah, I I could start. Um, So I work for Laurel Road. Um, Laurel Road is a student loan refinancing company. We're we're an FDIC-insured bank. We specialize in helping uh, graduates refinance your student loans after you have uh, finished school and begun working and, and we actually specialize even further in working with healthcare professionals. So we've partnered with the APCA to you know provide a bit of guidance like like this uh, podcast here and a little bit of insight on student loan best practices, but also provides you some additional savings opportunity when you do refinance your loans. So we give all APTA members an extra quarter of a point um, off of your interest rate. Um, and so the way it works is you would come to us, you know, once you graduate, you sign a, a contract to begin practicing. Um, we would look at your finances and uh, throughout this podcast, I've mentioned credit score as, as something you should be really mindful of. Um, this is a perfect example of why. Um, credit score is certainly one of the factors we examine Uh, in determining your rate, Um, so we'll look at that, your income, what you're going to be earning in your new job, as well as your total debt across the board. And based on those factors, we make you rate offers, which in a lot of cases come in a good deal lower than your current federal or or private loan interest rates. And so what would happen is we would pay off um, any loans which you wanted us to, so federal or private. Um, and we'd issue you a new loan for the exact same amount. There's no fees whatsoever to do this. Um, but the loan from us would presumably be at um, a much lower interest rate. And so, as a result of that lower rate, our average borrower over the life of their loan saves about twenty thousand dollars in interest. Um, and again, it's it's totally free to do. So, um, you know, as we alluded to throughout the podcast today, there's no one-size fits all approach to loan repayment. so, this certainly isn't for everyone, but my recommendation would be as you approach graduation, you know, examine all options out there. Start with the federal programs. Do you benefit from them? If you don't, loaner financing is, is really an excellent option um, to help minimize some of the cost of the debt that you may have incurred. Um, and so you can find out more uh, about this at laurelroad.com slash
1: APTA. And uh, our The service that we provide is the uh, Enrich Financial Education platform, Um, and you can get to that very easily um, at enrich.apta.org. It's also available um, by connecting through the various different pages within the um, APTA site. Uh, One of the great things about our platform is that it is connected to the APTA system um, so that you don't have to create a new account. You'll be able to log into our system using your APTA credentials. the biggest benefit of the platform is it's an unbiased educational uh, resource. Uh, we are, the, we, we get our funds from the organization that's sponsoring the platform. So the APTA is where we receive our funding. We don't receive any kind of funds by having advertisements for financial products um, on the platform. So we're not going to um, present you with information about How to understand what a credit card is, and then try to get you to click on a bunch of different offers to sign up for credit cards where we get a kickback. We are a purely educational company, Um, so all of our all of our expertise and all of our um, material on the platform is designed to empower our users to gather the information to be able to make their own sound financial decisions on everything from the extreme basics of what is a bank account and how do I understand my paycheck, what are all the different fields on my paycheck, what do they mean, to the more complex things like analyzing your benefits package from your employer. Uh, We have a great course that allows you to really break down the financial impact of your health care benefits and understanding all of the different details. Uh, We have a great retirement strategy and retirement planning resources, home buying resources, uh, and A lot of people learn in different ways, Um, and one of the benefits of our uh, platform as we've developed it over the years, we've listened to the students that we've worked with. We've been working with colleges and universities across the country for over a decade, and we have articles, we have videos, we have infographics, we have interactive calculators, Um, and interactive kind of modeling tools to help you kind of set up a hypothetical situation to see how things would work if you did this versus that. Um, So it gives a lot of different opportunities for different people to learn in different ways. And the platform is mobile first design. Um, It's a responsive design platform. So if you go to it on your computer or you go to it on your phone or you go to it on your tablet, it automatically adjusts to the screen size of whatever device you're on to give you an optimized experience. Um, So it's a really great opportunity for um, students to learn about anything that they're interested in when it comes to financial management um, and have faith that the information that's being presented to them um, does not have any ulterior motive to steer them down one path or another in terms of a financial product.
0: Kevin and Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Lots of great gems here.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: To explore more tools and information to help you make the best financial decisions possible, visit APTA's Financial Solutions Center, available to APTA members. APTA podcasts like this one are available on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.